And welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly Patrick, Carlo Kellum. Ashley Danielle is not with us today. She's off on assignment somewhere. A lot of big news going on in this weekend of sports. It's Bracketology Weekend. It's going down today. NCAA tournament. It's March Madness. I'm excited. I can't wait. My Wildcats are looking good and strong. Kelly Patrick, what are you up to? What do you think about this whole March Madness thing? Greatest time of the year. I mean, we live here in Louisville. The rated consistently as the number one college basketball market in the the country. So I mean, this is due the, to the ratings is, of the Kentucky Wildcats. I might add. that certainly doesn't help or that doesn't hurt, Carlo. I mean, there's no denying that the Kentucky Wildcats enthusiasm, um, you know, the fan base and the passion that they bring is a large part of it. Also, no denying that, that the Louisville Cardinals and their success. Um, over the years, many times, I mean, just making the tournament nearly every year is is a, a very exciting time for, well, for every, every local resident. You can walk into a store, a gas station, anything, and you can randomly see two strangers arguing about college basketball this time of the year. I mean, that, that's what we live in. That's what we're here for. This is the heartbeat, really, of the, the sports fandom in our area. Louisville making some history. Their 40th NCAA appearance. Pretty uh, congratulations! I saw I yeah. saw that on on uh, on ESPN this morning. I did. So I mean, you're right. Very, very common for the Louisville Cardinals to make the NCAA tournament. Kelly, you wash your hands. I, that I did. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm looking at Lenardi's um, bracketology. Have you gotten a chance to really look that? Yeah, over I've been Carl? analyzing this. Uh, you know what? I kind of agree with everything he has on here. Interesting, interesting, interesting to see he doesn't have Louisville listed as a number one seed. They'll probably not be a number one seed, and rightfully so. You know, their, their non conference schedule was terrible. They don't have any quality non conference wins. Uh, the only two non conference games they played of quality were against North Carolina and Kentucky, and they lost both of the games. Their Is only quality wins this season is against SMU, Cincinnati, and uh, th- three. Connecticut. Three, three wins over Connecticut. Here's the one to tell you yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> so they only have three quality wins, and it's all within the crappy division of the A, whatever it's called, the American. And their, only, their, their non-conference schedule suck. So that's why they're not a number one seed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carla, why, why is it that, um, that it only matters how many non-conference tough games you schedule? Why not just look at their their schedule in its entirety? Why are I mean, you I'm pretty why, sure why are you focusing on that? I mean, see if you look, if you look at the metrics of their schedule compared to others, man, it's not it's not a strong schedule. Okay, well, I'm looking at I the, mean, the bracketology. Can uh-huh. we both admit Joe Lenardi knows his stuff? Yes, he does. He he's pretty accurate. I'm Same. surprised he has Wichita in the Midwest uh is the number 1? Is the number 1. Really? I mean, even though they're undefeated, you know, went to the final four last year, but it, his his projections effective today say that he thinks that the American will put five teams in the NCAA tournament. All right. How many of the SEC? Three. Okay. So what does that mean? What does that have to do with the cost of tea in China, Kelly Patrick? Nothing. It tells me that their in-conference schedule was not – I mean, it, you're right. Their overall schedule wasn't, wasn't a, a tough schedule. But, I mean, to emphasize just the out-of-conference schedule, I think, is really manipulating the facts. I don't think – no, I think it's the reason why they're they're the hottest team right now. Don't get me wrong. Louisville's probably the hottest team right now. In the country? But due to their strength of schedule outside the conference, that's the reason why they don't have a number one seat. And because they – If they would have beat North Carolina and or Kentucky, maybe they would be a number one seat. But the fact they lost to their – those two outside the conference, their only really uh, legit outside of the conference games they had scheduled this year, that's why they're not a number one seat. It may be better for them in the long run. 
It's fair. They, they won yesterday over Connecticut in the one year that they will be in the American Conference. Louisville won the, the tournament championship. Yeah, off a coin flip. They didn't play Cincinnati or Memphis, but yeah. They played who, who was in front of them, the number one, it's the like number the, 21 team in the country. It's kind of like that year where they won the Big East and they didn't have to play UConn that year when UConn was hot. Who else was in it? They didn't have to play Syracuse. They got the easy road to the Big East championship a few years back. Kind of the same thing here with the American. I want to thank our, our sponsor, Brandon Lawrence, for allowing us to be on the air every week. Brandon is the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville, and we appreciate him and his support and his sponsorship. Brandon will be calling in at the end of the second hour to correct us on our factual inaccuracies, as he does every week. What does J stand for? J stands for justice. Or you could say, Carlo, what does J stand no, for? No, every time I say that, we always jinx the Wildcats, so okay. I'm not saying Julius Randle anymore. Well, you just said it. So last week we said justice and the cats on the row. Anytime I switch it up, it seems like it kind of jinxes us. So, superstition. So it's bad t- luck to be superstitious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff, you know, today, 6 o'clock on CBS, we get the, the uh, bracketology, get to see the Selection Sunday process really unfold. It's a very highly anticipated thing every week. Um, I'm sorry, every year, everybody really gets excited about it. You get to see the emotions of the coaches and the players on those schools who, who are on the bubble. That's what's really special, I think. Todd, you agree, is, is watching the Selection Sunday process where there's a team like, for say, let's say, for example, someone on the bubble, maybe this year, Minnesota and Richard Patino. They're projected as one of the first four out. Uh, we have a video camera on them, and let's say they are announced that they're going to be in the tournament. I mean, they're going to go nuts, and that's a really special emotional Moment to capture. I love to watch them when they disgust don't. on their face when they don't. <laughs> I think it's much more. What does that tell more, us about better. you, Todd? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I did. I guess the reason why is because uh, I see uh, some teams that I don't care for, and uh, I, you know, a lot of people say they should be there, and they, you know, they shouldn't be. I think pretty, pretty much fair. The committee does a pretty good job overall. I, yeah, I can't say they don't. A lot of uh, different topics we could get into when it comes to the you know automatic qualifiers and and should they be in? Should a team like Indiana's Truth or, or Truths Indiana have a chance? Even though they've had no, a real real no. subpar season, they have a losing record in the Big Ten. There's no way they. That's get in. an NIT, not in tournament team. Yeah. I agree with you, but I mean you know there's a lot of uh, different angles you can take at it. Overall, it's a great process. It makes for great ratings. If anything can compete with the Super Bowl, I think across the country as far as excitement. It's March Madness. Would well, you guys disagree yeah, with that? I, I kind of disagree. There's okay. one other event that's actually the biggest WrestleMania. event in the world, and that's WrestleMania. So, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, as long as you didn't say the NHL finals, I was, the Stanley Cup finals, I was okay with that. <laughs> Who is at WrestleMania this year, Carlo? Do you know? Who? Yeah. Do you, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, The Streak versus The Beast. Okay. I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. Mm. We got Randy Orton. Putting both the belts on the line, you know he's the, he's the world heavyweight champion, and WWE champion. Kelly looks so he looks so confused right now. Yeah. Like what the heck are we not talking confused? About? <laughs> what is the word apathetic? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I did see a picture of the Undertaker this week, and he's uh, not looking very young these days. And then we had the anticipation of Sting making his debut. Either I'm predicting the night of WrestleMania. Or that Monday Night Raw. We are way off topic of March Madness, by the way. Let's get back on track. But, yeah, WrestleMania, <laughs> you know, I get excited anytime he talks about wrestling, man. That's my stuff. But, yeah. 
That'll live not, it, not live that excited. Once again, <laughs> once again, the, the weekend sports buzz is brought to you every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon. Not just from the boner noises Todd drops on us, but also from Brandon J. Lawrence, the personal injury attorney from Louisville, Kentucky, the best personal injury attorney in the city and the surrounding areas. Call 502-587-0041 to reach Brandon for all your personal injury attorney needs. I know everyone notices that Ashley's not here today, and I'll tell you why. Tell, please do. She has yet to fulfill her obligations on her bet to me, and I think she's afraid to come here to show her face. And also, I think she predicted that the, the Wildcats weren't going to be in the in the uh, tournament. We weren't going to be in the SEC uh, finals. So she was wrong a lot last week, man. So I think that's why she probably she's probably not here today. Just want to throw that out there. For breaking down the bracketology and the Selection Sunday process, instead of having Ashley's Loco Cinco at 11 o'clock today, we're actually going to have our man, and I didn't even mention this to anybody, Mike Gandolfo is going to be calling cool. in. All right. Talk Love to Mike. us. We know he's got a, an interesting perspective on things, knowing a lot of the, the players across the country and the Derby Classic. and Right around the and, corner, that is. That is. Yeah. Uh, you know, great event in Freedom Hall every year. Longest uh, standing tradition of a, a high school all-star game in the country but michael call in give us his input he's he's uh he was in pre- he was present at the sec tournament and so he's got a lot to look forward to with kentucky playing against florida today what do you guys think of that we're gonna head to a commercial break real quick here but i mean real quick carlo todd do you, you very think- difficult to beat a team three times in one year do you think Kentucky's going to win? That's all I'm saying. It's is very, that what you just said, Carlo? It's very difficult to beat a team three times in one year. My question is this. Is Florida going to beat Kentucky by 30 or 40 points? Uh, I think it's going to be a lot closer this time. Kentucky's maybe have it all together. Okay. I mean, they've certainly got the manpower and the talent and the length and the athleticism to be able to do so. The Harrisons <laughs> were playing great yesterday. Oh, we, oh yeah, I just got a, a, a text in from the Lotus Guns Works text line that I can I'll mention after the break. Okay. Carlo, Todd, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports book. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick along with Carlo Kellum coming at you for another version of the, the Weekend Sports Buzz from 10 until noon on 1450 WXVW here in Louisville. What we are here at 1450 is the only locally owned sports radio station in the city. I don't know if our listeners really realize that. We're not in anybody's pockets. We don't have to talk one way or the other. Carlo's a Kentucky fan. I'm a Louisville fan. Todd's a, a Kentucky fan. Uh, we like to bring it to you and, and allow our opinions to be heard. We don't have to talk about anything in particular. We don't have any hidden agendas. We are organically driven by our callers and our listeners and by what we want to talk about. So, I mean, Carlo, tell me, the Harrisons played a good game yesterday. Do they have a chance against Florida today? Kentucky's looking better, sure. Do they really have a chance? Listen, there's, it's, it's very difficult to beat a team three times in one season. Louisville just did it. It was against SMU. No, Connecticut. Connecticut. Connecticut's not – Calhoun's not walking through that door, man. It's not the same Connecticut. I'm not a big Ollie believer, by the way. 
I, I'm not. Uh, Ali's not going to take this connected, connected team to the promise. Why do you say that? I'm just not. I'm not a fan. Just to, the vibe he gives. Yeah, off. I, I, yeah, just yeah. I mean, he's done a decent job with, the, with what he's had, but this is not a. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not even a Sweet Sixteen team. Ollie represents to me kind of a, a new school approach. The Reggie Theus, the player, the guy who was successful. Ollie played in the NBA for like twelve years. I, I heard a, a report the other day. He was actually on the Celtics roster, and he got cut by Rick Pitino. So he probably hates Rick. So probably does. <laughs> what, what, he probably does. If you get cut by somebody, you don't like. And that. obviously, Rick didn't know what he was doing in the NBA. So I would be. I would have an uh, uh, agenda against a chip on my shoulder if I was Ollie. So also. you don't like Ollie. You don't think. Connecticut, although they're ranked as the number 21 team in the country, you don't think that it's impressive that Louisville beat them three times? No, I don't think that's impressive. Wow. It's impressive if Florida can beat Kentucky okay. three times. If you that's can impressive. say that with a straight face, but I don't you think just got done. You contradicted yourself. You said that it's not, it's, it's very hard to beat a team three, team, three times in this a quality a team. season. Okay. Let me rephrase that. We're going to head to the Oxmoor <laughs> Ford Lincoln buzz line. I want to remind our listeners, anybody out there listening, 502-384-1450, give us a call. Let us know what you think. It's Selection Sunday. We want to hear what you have to say. Right now on the buzz line, we got our man Brian. How you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Doing great, Brian. How's it going? Selection Sunday is upon us. It's the time we've all been waiting for. I know you give us your horse racing update. What's going on with you this weekend, Brian? Well, a couple things before we get into horse racing. One, I want to congratulate Carlo. We're tough on him every week. But uh, his cats are looking much better, and the Harrison twins are looking much better. So uh, it'd be nice to see them have a nice run. It'd make my life a lot easier with my lovely wife, who's a huge Kentucky fan. But uh, um, I want to tell you, I've been on, on some social media sites, and uh, I guess I'm the first to break the story, but the reason Ashley's not on is supposedly, maybe you guys can elaborate, some kind of contract dispute with Ashley. Uh, with you <laughs> with guys, so. sports buzz. Wow. Her, her loco cinco yeah, is being quoted by other stations and other corporate entities. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I'm surprised you guys didn't uh, man up and uh, talk about it first. But uh, uh, hey, <laughs> on, as far as college basketball goes, here's my thoughts on uh, Louisville and uh, where they're seated. It doesn't really matter to me as a Louisville fan if they end up, if they don't end up a one or a two, I just assume they'd be a four. And it's not going to really matter to them because I expect a very long run from, from Louisville, maybe another Final Four. But it is unfair to the teams that they're going to have to play as a four seed uh, because they are not a four seed, guys. And uh, I don't care, if, you know, non-conference schedule, what you want to look at. If you haven't been watching what's been going on and how they've just destroyed good teams, uh, then uh, but it's going to be unfair to those that they have to play. So that's my two cents on that. But uh, um I want to talk a little bit of horse racing. Uh, the Rebel Stakes, guys. You know it's springtime and derby season when Bob Baffert and Mike Smith have a derby horse. And uh, I was very glad I got on a horse named Opportunity. Uh, six to one. I was just telling Todd I had 25 to win on him. Uh, he paid fourteen twenty. So uh, anytime you can get Bob Baffert at Oaklawn Park in the Rebel, I think he's won four of the last five Rebels there. They let him squeeze off at six to one. Baffert has got a definite Derby starter. Uh, it was a great race, uh, very very competitive field. The uh, Derby season actually moves to Kentucky next week, where uh, the Spiral Stakes will be run at Turfway, the big annual event at Turfway. Their biggest day of the year is next Saturday, fifty points in, and you punch your ticket right here in Kentucky. Wow. Well, I- 
Yeah, go ahead, Zach. Oh, Brian, I was asking, uh, does yesterday's Rebel Stakes really have a big implication on the Derby scene? Yeah, I really think it does. The, the Rebel is a $600,000 graded race with 50 points, but what it really is is a stepping stone to the Arkansas Derby, which has been a very, very successful Kentucky Derby prep race. Uh, we've had Street Sense. We've had uh, um, Super Saver. We've had a lot of them come through that way. Uh, and so, yes, I mean, you come through the Rebel at Oakland, uh, you're a serious derby contender, and I would expect Opportunity, who's, that was, I think, his third or fourth race of career race, late bloom and full out of any given Saturday, uh, to be a very, very real derby horse. Uh, Mike Smith is, uh, Hall of Fame. He's done it all, and he's very high on this horse. He's a late bloomer, and yes, I think the uh, Rebel is a very serious prep for the Arkansas Derby and a very serious prep for the Kentucky Derby. Brian, back to college basketball real quick. I, I know that the Joe Lenardi is famous for being very accurate with his projections for what the, the brackets are going to look like. Right now he has Florida, Arizona, Michigan, and Wichita State is the number one seeds. That's effective as of today, Brian. What do you feel about, you know, I mean, what are your feelings about those four teams being the one seeds? The only one of the, that I've got a strong opinion on is Florida. I think Florida definitely uh, is the number one overall seed. I, I And I'm not just saying this because I'm a homer Louisville job. Louisville can beat any three of the other teams. Uh, I, think, I think Florida would be very competitive with Louisville. Uh, but as I said, Louisville, in my opinion, and I watch a lot of college basketball, they're better than those three teams there. And it doesn't matter to me if they – I really hope that they come in about a four seed because uh, it will really show the ridiculousness of the selection committee. But uh, uh, if they come in a four seed, as I said earlier, I just think it's going to be unfair to the teams in that bracket, especially the one, two, and a three seed in that t- bracket, and, and then the teams that they're going to have to face in the first couple rounds. So uh, I, I just I just can't hardly believe that there'll be anything but a one or a two. But if they are, I'm not, that's not going to impact Louisville nearly as much as it is the rest of the bracket that they get put in. Brian, you said you think Louisville's playing better basketball right now than anyone in the country. Montrez Harrell last night, 22 points, 11 rebounds, three block shots. Mm. At the beginning of the season and throughout the season, Louisville fans thought their weakness was down low. Van Treese has had consecutive games, uh, a string of games, where he's putting up good rebounding numbers and a good presence on the floor. Is the post still a weakness for this Louisville team? No, not anymore. I tell you what, what's happened with Van Treese is just amazing. I mean, uh, he's the white man's version of Dennis Rodman. You slap some tongue <laughs> rings and, a, uh, and, and some tattoos on him and uh, send him to North Korea, and I'm telling you, he, is a, he does the same thing Dennis Rodman did in the NBA, and he, he's bigger than Rodman. I'm telling you, he is, uh, he is uh, really playing well. Harrell stepped his game up. As you guys know, I've been high on Mango. His minutes haven't gotten... Uh, as much many minutes lately, but he comes in and he's serviceable. But yeah, that that problem that was their middle has been quickly erased. And I really think, I mean, everybody knows about Harold, but I really want to give it to my boy, the Worm, Van Trees. You know what? Uh, uh, I couldn't help it. That's like I really needed that laugh. Uh, oh man, I haven't laughed like that in a long time. But if you're dependent on Van Trees to be a force in the middle come tourney time, you guys are in a lot of trouble. Van Trees well, Carlos, is not I tell a threat you, Carlos, I tell you what. I tell you, man. He just watched the games. He's not trying to do something he can't do. 
He did stroke a beautiful three. Uh, I'd like to see him open that part of his game up. Not just kidding, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, he's for real. He's he's a legitimate six nine two fifty. He he's got as much endurance and he's in great shape. And uh, he knows his role. He's a fifth year senior. And don't forget, Stephen Van Trees was a a four star uh, player coming. He was highly recruited guy coming out of college and, and he knows his role i would take him on our team any year but we, we've seen how he we've seen how he 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 performs when against bigger teams against your uh your only two non-conference uh quality games you had against north carolina kentucky Carl, let me ask teams. you a question what would what would vegas if, if kentucky and louisville get paired in the same bracket what would vegas what would the spread be on that game uh kentucky by seven i mean we, we've already kentucky's already beaten louisville i mean it's already been proven they can't compete against they, bigger teams. They, yeah. Well, that was back uh, before Louisville really got going. It was in Rupp Arena. Oh, you're right. And, and it, was when, uh, it was when he just rolled the ball out, and before he twerked it, uh, you know, I guess the torque worked, uh, worked for Miley, uh, worked for John. Uh, so uh, I'd say 12 points. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if they get matched up, I'd say a 12th Vegas. You know, let Vegas be the one that seeds the team. You think Vegas would have Louisville four seed? I guarantee you. You know, I, I uh, agree I've with you on that. that recently, where they're the second most highest wagered team to win it all. They should at least let be Vegas a three do seed. It. They know where the money is. They should at least be a three seed. You're right. Four seed's ridiculous. But remember, gambling is against NCAA rules. So you know, they're not even supposed to be gambling on the games. It's a extracurricular activity. <laughs> Hey, speaking of gambling, guys, I got an update with Kentucky wagering. I know Todd's been following it. Uh, unfortunately, it's the same old same. Uh, they just, they, no, they don't think they should get on the ballot. Wagering in Kentucky's dead. Another year gone by for Kentucky horsemen. Uh, it just, I think it's the silent travesty going on in the state of Kentucky. Uh, they continue to lose uh, horses to other states. It, 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 Turfway will close. It's amazing what? that the people can't vote on it. It's it's a, it's a travesty, in my opinion. So, who are these country bumpkins making these decisions? Yeah, they're called our elected political leaders. It's ridiculous. It really is. You really they don't it? want to let the people vote. All they want is to get it on the ballot and let the people decide. And it would overwhelmingly win if it was on the ballot. They they refuse to put it on the ballot so the people of Kentucky can decide uh, if they want to do expanded gambling in the state. Just remember, Brian, all our politicians know what's best for us. As Triple H would say, and the reason, and business. you know what the problem is, is we say, and this is another topic, but we always say, they're a bunch of bums. Throw the bums out, but not my bum. You know, not my guy. I don't want to send him out. So, you know, we're all to blame. Every one of us is to blame because we keep sending the same guys back. Uh, Brian, I have a message from my Lotus Guns Works text line for you. Uh, Chris Kenman has texted in and said, if UK played in an American conference, UK would be a constant top 10 every single year. <laughs> they would be a top 10 team every well, year. I would, hope, I would hope Kentucky would strive to be a top 10 team every year, regardless of what conference they're in. And to be honest with you, if you look at the rankings, the AAC that Louisville just uh, mopped up on is a higher-ranked conference than if Louisville was in the SEC uh, they'd have a tough game every year with uh, Billy, but uh, the rest of it, you'd see Stephen Van Tree stroking threes out there because they'd be up 30. It's true. I mean, Lenardi is projecting right now that the American Conference puts five teams into the tournament, Carlo. Five. The SEC, three. The AC. 
I mean, make fun of the name all you want. It's not a bad basketball and five, conference. And five of those teams, three of them will be out in the first round, Kelly Patrick. You know, I, Brian, I, I usually 90, 95% of the time I agree with everything you say. But on this Van Trees thing, you need to be <laughs> drug tested. I'm sorry. But, we are sending the commission to your house, but Brian. But this guy was so good. Where's he been all year? Why hasn't he been starting? Where's he been? He's a five-star. He's a five-year senior. He's this great out of high school. Where's he been? For the last three years, where's he been, Brian? I, I don't know. I don't know where he's been, but I know what he's doing right now for that Louisville team, and he does all the little things that is, is – you, you ask – you look at his minutes that he's getting, uh, and I tell you what, how many tips he has and uh, rebounds. I mean, he I don't know where it's come from, guys. I don't know if he's home studying Dennis Rodman video or not. Maybe he's on his way to North Korea to settle world problems. But <laughs> I'm telling you, the guy is an absolute monster right now. And uh, you could ask old Slick Ricky, and he didn't want him out of the lineup. He's uh, he's the John Hood or the Jared Polson of, of Lowell, I guess. Is what you would say. He'll be a great car, a car salesman in the future. <laughs> Hopefully, he won't go to jail. <laughs> Brian, thank you very much for the call. We're all looking forward to six o'clock tonight when the selection Sunday on CBS goes down. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thank you very much for the call. Great stuff from Brian, man. Okay, guys, keep the good work up. Enjoy the show. Good stuff yeah, there from, stuff. from from yeah. our man Brian. We appreciate. That. Little delusion on the whole Van Trees thing, but I, you know, yeah, <laughs> delusional maybe. Vantrese is six foot nine. You want to go over his? How do you evaluate a basketball player? Let, I, let's get into listen, that. Listen, let me tell you something. I, I'm there at the games. Answer my question. You weren't there the, yesterday or I'm, before. I, I've, I've covered at least. Uh, I'm talking 10 about home how games he's, how he's playing right now. How do you evaluate a basketball player? Give us his game line from yesterday. Kevin. Okay, does, it, it was against you. It was against the number one, twenty-one team ranked team in the country. Carlo. UConn is not that good this year, kid. They, they, we this beat is them. not the UConn of old. I'm what are impressed. we even talking I'm about? Not impressed. What are we talking about? We're talking about Louisville not playing quality teams. They don't have a tough outside the schedule. You are switching the, the topic completely. We are UConn completely bouncing around. You were skirting Kelly. the issue, Carlo. UConn's not what they used to be. You were skirting the issue. You, you're going off of all these stats. You only got three, I was only getting got ready three to read quality his, wins. I was getting ready to read his stat line ahead. against the 21-ranked team in the what, country in a neutral what, floor. Nine, four, and, and two steals? Do you want me to read it, or do you want to just keep going I want to hear it. I'm anxious Was that a legit question, Todd? you want to hear it? Yeah, I mean, I ask it, so I don't know if it's legit, but I want to hear his line from yesterday. He played 30 minutes. Okay. Only had four points. Uh, okay, that's not a four. He's not an offensive player. No one claims that At he is. At least ten rebounds, right? Eight rebounds. Okay. Boom. Four for four from the line. Zero They're free. He should be four for four. I'm not done, Carlo. Can I finish? Four for four from the line. Didn't attempt a single field goal. Eight rebounds. Three assists. No turnovers. Two steals. So he's he six foot nine, two hundred fifty pounds, and he comes in. He doesn't shoot the ball. He rebounds the ball and he sets screens. How many offensive and he does rebounds? All... If you play, offensive. I'm sorry, this but if you play seventy five percent of the game, and you're that big a guy, six nine, two fifty, you ought to have double digit rebounds. Double 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 digit rebounds. Julius and Randall. at least at least five pound, five. Julius Randle is six nine. He has nineteen he double doubles no on the season. Julius Randle is better than Stephen Van Treese. Nobody is is. 
suggesting took, otherwise. He took no field goal attempts? He's not an offensive player. I'll go over his last no, well, he three games. like he's a defensive, only getting eight rebounds in The last minutes. three games before that, he had 10 rebounds Okay, on Friday the 14th. How many minutes did he play then? 24. Okay. Thursday the 13th, he yeah. had 10 rebounds. Okay. How many minutes did he play then? 29. Okay. Uh, Saturday the eighth, he had thirteen rebounds. That's good. So you guys minutes? can talk about about him not being good. It was all against you want. Houston, Kelly. Wow, silence. It was against Houston. <laughs> he had ten rebounds. He had a three. I mean, what do you? I mean, he's you not as what? bad as you guys are making Listen. him out to be a laughing stock. He plays valuable minutes. He knows Rick's system. He's a big guy. He's been here for five freaking years. I would know it too. Well, he, if I didn't regardless, play for five he's, years, he's been there. If I was on the practice team for five years, all I'm saying is he play, knows it. He has value. He's, but you know what? You're right. He's not going to play pro. One Nobody's thing suggesting he's a I pro. I can't take from you guys is you're hot. They're hot. Louisville's hot right now. Certainly they're are. They're going to do some damage in the first couple rounds, I, I would say. You know, if they get a four seed, they're going to really uh, – uh, if they're a four seed, some teams are in trouble. I'm going to make a prediction. I think that Louisville will be put in the weakest um, – Like last year. The weakest division – or the weak – Weakest bracket, and then uh, the number one seed in that division in the bracket will be Wichita State. That's my prediction for. The and who, who would you think would be favored in that game? Uh close. It depends on. It depends on Louisville. I'm, I'm gonna say we'll jump to uh, probably a two. It'll be, and I don't think Wichita State will actually will make it to the to the. Uh, Elite eight. I asked. I asked a question though. Who do you think would be favored in that game, according to Vegas? According to Vegas, Louisville by two. Okay, against the one seed. Sure. So then Louisville gets in. They knock off the one seed. If you know, as things stands, according to Lenardi, let's break it down here. Louisville's the three seed, in, just like you said, in Wichita State's bracket, the Midwest, oh, okay. Indianapolis. Wow. All right. So Louisville beats Georgia State in the first round. Then they match up with Oklahoma or Tennessee in the second round. Another weak one. It's, it's so they, Tennessee's they, actually they, playing they good ball right now. They would beat them. I'm sorry? Tennessee's playing good ball right now. Okay. Uh, you think they beat Louisville? Uh, they, it's possible. I disagree. It's possible. I mean, if that's the premise of your argument, Carlo, then we can leave it at that. I'm just saying it's possible. You think Tennessee would beat Louisville? I disagree. I think Louisville's better than that. Okay. So then they would go on and they would play against either Gonzaga, Iowa, Duke, the number two seed. Yeah. Or Eastern Kentucky, good game there, and it would be Duke, and that's Louisville. a that's a that's that would a be a good em. game. That's Duke's a pick. Em. Always tough. I mean, they're, right. they're, they are. Louisville didn't have any trouble with them last year. Louisville has some Beat bad the hell out of them. Last uh, year. Duke has some bad losses. So I think the loss gets Wake and Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody else. I'm not Is sure, but they v- got some Virginia. Really, Virginia's pretty good. They're they they're coming on, but they've got some bad losses in the uh, ACC. Uh, you know, even this year aside, ACC is going to be really tough for Louisville next year. You got North Carolina, you got Duke, NC State. You know, I, I think it's going to be a Florida lot State. tougher than the AC conference that they're in now. Today at one o'clock, Duke plays against Virginia in the ACC championship. I hope Virginia wins. You don't like Duke because you're a Kentucky Duke. fan. Okay, that's fair. Most Virgin- overrated team in the history of college basketball, if you ask me. Most overrated. I would argue that, that Coach K is the greatest, right up there with Wooden, greatest coach in the history of the sport. Well, you said Coach what, Calipari? Coach K. Uh, no. Coach Calipari. Are you kidding me? <laughs> coach K has gotten lucky over his career. My God, Carlo, you bring some of the worst arguments that take life. Yeah, lucky. His whole career has been luck. The Christian Leitner shot, luck. My God. The last championship he won, name, name two players off that team. 
last championship the, that he yeah, won? Yeah, the, the one a few years ago. Name two players off that team. Exactly. Luck. That was like the easiest road to the championship I've ever seen, other than Louisville's team, uh, Louisville's journey last Plumlee. year. Um, Lee. I mean, the, the only quality team he's really had is when he had Grant Hill. I don't care how it happens. If you win a title, you deserve credit for it. Yeah. You shrug your shoulders at yeah. that. But if we, you look like we, that, we gave you him a championship. credit. What? The guy looks like a, like a rat. You guys are bringing uh, nothing sorry. to the table as far as substance. No, we're not. Kentucky made, I got Kentucky coach K famous. is up there with, with Wooden as the greatest coaches in the history of the sport. Kentucky I got made him famous. Other stories on the docket for today that we could get to. Today's Selection Sunday. We can talk about that all day. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz lines 502-384-1450. Steve Nash was asked if he was going to hang it up or if he was going to play next year for the Lakers. Did you guys see his response? Play for the money. Heck yeah. You see that, Carlo? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what the thing about that is, if he said uh if he didn't say it, then the media say that he's playing for the money, and that's the only reason he's playing. So you so like, kinda like, you the, like that he said that. I like it, yeah, be honest. But either way, if he, whatever, I don't, however he answered it, he still was gonna get ridiculed and, and criticized by the media. But the way that he answered it, he's gonna get ridiculed and criticized a lot more <laughs> than the other way, right? I mean, hey, at least he's being honest. I, the Lakers have to pay him. honesty. Todd, what do you think of the, his response there? He said, I'm playing for the money, I'll be honest. It's totally all right with me. I mean, don't they all play for the money? I got they do. No it's their job. Yeah. They can get I, I hurt about it, that. I actually find it refreshing. Okay. I'm fine because, with that. Because, uh, you know, nobody else will, will say that. Yeah, but yeah, the Lakers. I've never heard anybody else say that. Yeah, the Lakers, I've heard. There have been players that say that before, I'm sure. I haven't heard any prominent player come out and mm-hmm. say it like that. I mean, that, that's, that's a bold statement. Everybody's thinking it. People brag about making money. I saw D'Angelo Hall call out Richard Sherman on Twitter. They were doing a Twitter war the other day, and D'Angelo Hall said, look at my bank account. (laughs) What is that, Todd? Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Show me the money. money. Okay. Show Steve Nash the money. Hey, if the Lakers, they were the idiots that paid him all the money to bring him there. You know, it, it didn't live up to the expectation. Mike D'Antoni, another disappointing season. He's going to be out of the, out of there this year. Kobe Bryant and him are feuding. Uh, this whole this whole Lakers team, man, they they going to have to show somebody some money this offseason to get some people to come play there. You bring up an interesting topic, and we wonder why Phil Jackson didn't settle for a position with the Lakers, whereas they're clearly a ticking time bomb. They're getting ready to just explode. and, and I mean, they suck right now. But Phil Jackson if it wasn't went to for the Jody Meeks, they'd be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Do, we, do I, I think, need a break after that? I mean, what? yeah, I think Phil's making a good move going to the Knicks. I don't know. I it mean, br- he's won everywhere he's went. He's he got has, eleven rings. He's no Pat Rally. He he's got 11. nine as a coach, two, two as, as a player. player, two as a Nick. But can he be a GM? He's never picked his own players. Uh, he's very, out, very fair Mitch, question. Mitch has picked yeah, the players for, for the Lakers, for and before that, Cross picked, picked the players for the for Brewers. For all intents and purposes, Phil has always picked his players. Regardless of who the GM was, he's always had to say so. I don't think no. so. I think he's had input. But Mitch Kupchak is the type of guy, and the, and the Bus family. Jerry West. They, they Jerry picked, West yeah, was Jerry the GM West, to yeah. get Kobe yeah. in town and, and help lure Shaq. I mean... What is Phil Jackson's strength as a coach in a front office man? Isn't it his, his zen that can't be transferred to any of his assistants? Well, Kurt Rambis almost tried to follow his steps. Think? Let's let somebody call in. Let's get a different opinion. We can talk all day, right? Yeah. Let's but, get let's get a caller. Do we have a caller on We're the line? We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. Yeah, right? Oxmoor Ford Lincoln, buzz line 502-384-1450. Give us a buzz. 
Carlo, Todd, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Headed down south to the land of the pines I'm thumbing my way to North Carolina Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights I made it down the coast in 17 hours Picking me a bouquet dogwood flowers And I'm hoping for Riley I can see my baby tonight And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz Kelly Patrick, Carlo Kellum Todd Neal on the ones and twos. Got a lot going on in the sports world this weekend. And we have a caller on the line. Our very own Carolina. How you doing this morning? Just fine. Sitting here watching uh, 12 hours of Sebring uh, racing. Getting ready at 1 o'clock for the, uh, by the way, they moved the starting time up uh, a bit at Bristol. For the at the last great Coliseum, probably the greatest sports venue I've ever been to in my life, for the race from Thunder Valley. All right, man, that sounds exciting, man. Who 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 do you think is going to win this race? Well, for some sticky reason, I got an idea that number eighty-eight may come across the line first. Dale Junior. Man, he's really on fire right now, isn't he? Yes, he is. And this is, uh, if you check statistically, this is his best track in NASCAR. Okay, so he's he's isn't he in the lead right now? And he's poised, it sounds like, to, to extend that lead. Yeah, he's going to do that. And the thing I hate about this moving it up, I don't get to watch my favorite basketball coach coach in the ACC tournament. Who's that? There's only one coach in basketball college in the United States now, and that is Coach K. He is the all-time winningest coach. He's won four national championships. Also, if you look at our international uh, team in the Olympics, it seems to me that uh, – he has only lost one game, and he was such a good enough coach of that Olympic team that uh, Kobe Bryant tried to get him to become the coach of the Lakers. I remember that, Carolina. Uh, Carlo conveniently stepped out to use the restroom right now. Um, but what do you think of Carlo's claim that Coach K is nothing more than really a product of luck? He was in the right spot at the right times. He lucked into his four national championships and his all-time winningest record in the history of college basketball. What is your response to that, Carolina? I don't think that it's luck and being at the right place. I just think it's hard work, great on the recruiting trail. When he first came to Duke, I got to see him when he was after David Henderson. I got to see him at, uh, at the basketball tournament there at my, where my dad uh, taught and coached. He was there, and he was the nicest guy that I'd met and everything else. Plus, to top it off, the, the uh, basketball coach I liked before him was his mentor. Bobby Knight. Robert General Robert Montgomery Knight. I'm sorry. Bob Knight's one of the greatest co- coaches in the history of the sport, man. 
He no. is a dare. I just like uh, Coach K. I've had a chance well, to meet him. I've had a chance uh, to read books by him uh, and about him and everything. And I just like Duke. I always did. I liked him before uh, Coach K. I liked him when they had uh, Art Heyman and Jeff Mullins. And by the way, Jeff Mullins went to Duke, and he was from Lexington, Kentucky. All right. The question, uh, the question on my mind right now is, Carlo, did you wash your hands? I did wash my hands. Okay, that's all I want to. And thank you for uh, letting everyone know, too, where I went, went Kelly. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> but Carolina. Okay, I, also, Carolina, I got to take this real quick. Was, Carolina, real quick. This is a what? fact, real quick, about Duke. Christian Layton doesn't, okay. doesn't hit that shot. We're not talking about them right now. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, he did hit the shot, and that's where I lost thinking uh, that uh, Coach Patino was a good coach because anybody that's dumb enough not to put a man in front of Christian Leitner, and if you'll check that game, Leitner had not missed a shot from either the free throw line or the field that whole game. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather not think about that, but thanks for bringing it up. Well, but look who Coach Patino is coaching for now. So that, you know, so that what, may be the downfall of the cards this year. Is what? Is that what you're saying, Carl? Is that the downfall of the cards? That might be the downfall of the cards since he's, you know, Carolina is saying that he lost a lot of respect, lost and kind of, uh, I guess, Patino kind of went down in his opinion because of that game. Now Coach Patino is at Louisville. Do you think, Carolina, that – are you saying that might be might hurt the cards this year? I think it does. I look at it, and what happens when they go against some real long teams? The long teams that they went against this year, they didn't have much success against them. Carolina, they're a long team. They got some uh, height. They even got one guy in there that has height and weight. But what do you think about Van Therese? I mean, you know, he's coming on, and he's playing a lot of minutes, and – uh, well, he's, he's playing one a lot of, my of minutes. He's a big guy, team. right? He's playing a lot of minutes, but uh, well, he's playing a lot of minutes. So, what do you think of him? I like Van Tracy. He's my type of uh, ball player, throwback. He's a banger. One that's big oh. and that doesn't that. score, right? Doesn't score, and you know, plays a lot. I just like him. He's <laughs> okay. uh. He almost went to play for my favorite coach in the city. Who's that? Patino? Scotty Davenport. Oh, yeah, Bell Urban. I'm about that that I think he would have pulled for the state of Kentucky is Bellerman. Yeah. I think he probably would have got a lot more minutes and uh probably be a lot more well known if he went to Bellerman. Do you agree? I believe Bellerman would be uh National champions. They needed. I, I go to see their games, and I sit there. And uh, my friend, who I go with, is a former coach. And uh, a lot of times, I get to talk to. In fact, every time I get to talk to Coach Jerry Jones, who I really respect as a coach, and me and him talk about uh, what that uh, Bellarmine needs. Bellarmine just needs a bang or somebody in there. To compete against those uh, those people, you know they're in the uh, uh, I guess you call it the uh, whatever uh, is for the playoffs. They're in that, and they uh, three players from their uh, teams from their conference are also in that basket. 
Carolina, I know by default, by default, you're an ACC guy. What do you think of That's this job? Correct. This job that Tony Bennett is doing this year with Virginia, and how far do you see them going this year? I like his songs, Tony Bennett. He's uh, very good. Leaves his heart in San Francisco. I really enjoy his music. <laughs> Tony, Tony Bennett is a. Is, he was a good college player. He was a good. Pro- as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he played for the Carolina or Charlotte Hornets when he uh, was in the pros. He did. You're He's right. A good coach. I like him. Uh, I've always kind of liked Virginia. I used to like Virginia when they had Terry Holland because anybody that would name their uh, retriever Dean Smith is all right in my book. He had a dog and he named it Dean Smith. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Carolina, thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate your weekly update. Okay, before we let you go, what else do you – what's your last comment you got for us? Okay, last week I was uh, – it was said that I picked the wrong player. Well, I went back through and looked. It wasn't the one that your sponsor said, but the player from North Carolina who plays the University of Maryland was Buck Williams from Rocky Mount, North Carolina. And I thought I knew that because I, uh, I when I was in service, I started following Maryland basketball under Giselle and everything. We all have a good week. Everybody, I hope they get the seed they want. I hope their team does fine. I'll accept for the Wildcats. Y'all have a nice day. <laughs> ah, Carolina, you lost me at the end. Carolina taking a shot before we let them go. Carlo, Todd, and I are going to head to a commercial break. I want to remind our listeners, though, the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Call 502-587-0041. For all your personal injury attorney needs. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking to our man Mike Gandolfo and breaking down more of Selection Sunday. We will be back. Welcome back to Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo Kellum, Kelly Patrick. Due to the contract negotiations with Ashley Miller, we're not bringing you her top five this week. Uh, if we get the contract settled up this week, we may have her back next Sunday to restore Ashley's top five. But on the line, we have the Sports Buzz very own Mike Gandalfo. Mike, how you doing this morning? Carlo, I'm good. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm, I'm on an all-time high right now, especially with the way the Wildcats have been playing here as of late. Uh Break it down for us, man. What has changed for the Wildcats? And right now they're starting to gel and really connect with each other. What's changed? Well, it's the tweak, man. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I, I'm kind of surprised that people haven't picked up on what the tweak is. To me, it's real obvious. They, uh, the, the guards are a whole lot more active on the wings. They're swinging from side to side. They're coming off screens. Instead of just staying there waiting to get uh, someone to drive and kick out, they're a lot more active. At first, I thought that it was that the post players were playing more around the elbow coming up, which opened up a lot of the driving lanes, but they didn't do that as much yesterday as they did against LSU. So uh, the, the activeness of the guards creates a little bit more just awareness, I guess, on offense. And we had a situation, I guess, against LSU where the big guys played really well. Yesterday, the big guys didn't play as well, but the guards delivered. 
if both of them deliver today, I think you're going to see Kentucky crown the SEC champ. So I, I said earlier in the show that it's very difficult to beat a team of Kentucky's caliber three times in one season. Do you truly yep. actually think we have a shot tonight? I think they got a shot. I think they're going to be able to keep it close. I think if uh, I think this team is a little hungry to show that they're not 20 points worse than Florida. Um, you know, I, I, I probably put it at a 40% chance for Kentucky today. I think it's going to – but I do think it's going to be a lot closer than what most people think, and they're going to put themselves in a solid situation to get a six seed. Mike, are you in Atlanta now? Excuse me? Are you in Atlanta? I'm in Atlanta right now. just had breakfast, driving back to our accommodations. So you're going to be at the game today at 3 o'clock? I am going to be at the game at 3 o'clock. We're really excited. Uh, There's probably about 22,000 Kentucky fans here. Um, It is truly a sea of blue. We're sitting here yesterday in, in this Georgia game, playing in Georgia, and, I mean, the crowd was like a rough arena crowd. We know that Rick Pitino's squad, the Louisville Cardinals, when they play against a team that has superior length, they struggle. Billy Donovan. That's what, uh, I was going to say. Billy Donovan's got good length. Yeah, I mean, I think that's and that's the, definitely the, the matchups for Louisville are going to be key. I mean, I don't think there's any question they're playing as good as anyone in the country right now. But they still have not really played a team with really good length. And the AAC just does not have a whole lot of teams with great length of quality length, and that's what it's going to come down to. If Louisville gets a favorable matchup, they can go pretty far. But the second I feel like they play a team where Vantrese or uh, Mango really had to step up and, and hold their own, that's when they're going to be in trouble. Do you think Florida has the length necessary to defeat a team like Kentucky, as Carlo alluded to, for the third time in a year? I mean, without a doubt, they, they match up very well uh, down low. Patrick Young is a incredible force down low. He's not maybe not the longest guy, but he's as good as the inside players you're going to see. Um, they got a guy, like, people forget, Florida's got two top ten recruits that Kentucky wanted coming off their bench. I mean, that are every bit as good as the guys that Kentucky had coming in. Casey Hill was right there behind Andrew Harrison as one of the best point guards in the country. And Chris Walker is an athletic freak. And, I mean, he's a 6'10", long athletic guy that can match up good with, like, a Lily Cauley-Stein. Um, they they undoubtedly have the length. Florida's got every piece you absolutely need. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they have a weakness. Mike, win lose uh, tonight. Kentucky's in the tournament. My question Kentucky's is, in, yeah, no doubt, yeah, win or lose. My question is, without a point, let's be honest, we don't have a point guard. You know, we're really just playing four guys out there. No point guard. How deep can you go in a tournament without a point guard? Well. I mean, Andrew's playing a whole lot better in this tournament. I mean, he I thought he played a great game yesterday, even before he started putting up all his points. A lot of his scoring yesterday came late, but he set up a lot of guys yesterday. Um, he did – he gets, still gets a little careless on his passing. I, I, I think that his play is crucial to seeing how far they can go. Um, I definitely think they have a serviceable point guard and in, in getting the job done that they need to get done. I just uh, – I'm not so sure – it's more the depth at the point guard position. They, you know, they they drop off quite a bit when they have to go to the bench. Mike, you are the recruiting coordinator for the Kentucky Derby Festival Classic. So, w- within that, you have a different perspective on this whole process. Selection Sunday is today, six o'clock. We're going to find out where every team seated, who the who the last four teams in are, who was left out. What are you looking forward to most outside of Louisville or Kentucky? From the selection process today? Well, I'm kind of going to be interested today. Of course, everyone wants to know who the fourth number one seed is going to be. And I have a feeling it's going to be 
the winner of the ACC tournament game is <laughs> title game, so I think it's going to get that fourth number one seed. I think Louisville is going to be uh, unfortunately left out because I don't think I, I think if you look at the way that Louisville's played over the last couple of games, it's hard to argue that they're not one of the four best teams in the country right now. Um, I also want to see. I'm real interested to see how the mid majors are handled from the standpoint of the top three mid majors. Obviously, Wichita State is going into this thing undefeated. If Florida loses, Arizona's already lost. Do they have a chance at the overall number one seed? Will they give a mid-major like that the overall number one seed? That'll be very interesting. I'm interested to see what happens to San Diego State after they lost in their tournament, um, you know, being highly ranked. Um, I mean, how far are they going to drop? Because they, they lost to a really good New Mexico team. And uh, so it's going to be real interesting to see there. And, of course, I want to see what happens to Creighton. I'm, I'm real interested to see where where Creighton goes and, and how high they put those guys. Um, this year, to me, is very interesting because two, the two seeds to the nine seeds, there's not that much difference. You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of three seeds that are going to want to see a six-seed Kentucky or a lot of two seeds that want to see a seven-seed Oklahoma State if they're that high. And uh, it's just going to be very interesting. And, of course, also, you've got two teams with Kentucky and Michigan State who are highly ranked um, at the beginning of the season that are that definitely didn't live up to expectations. Michigan State, for some reason, gets a pass. Kentucky gets blamed because of how young they are and the way Cal likes to do it. But Michigan State, I mean, their expectations are just as high and their season's been just as bad. They both have a right at redemption today to win their conference tournaments. And to see where those two teams get, if they do win, and I actually expect for Michigan State to win because they're getting healthy again, you know, what, where they are actually placed and who really wants to play either one of those two teams. Providence beat Creighton yesterday to win the Big East. Creighton, right. we know as Doug McDermott, Player of the Year candidate. Um, what do you see this Creighton team being capable of as far as you know, a, a deep run into the tournament goes? I think uh, more than likely it's it's pretty easy to game plan for one player. You And coaches can go either way. They can either do whatever they can to shut down Doug McDermott or they can just say, you know what, let Doug McDermott have his 45 and then let's not let the other guys beat us. And um, so I don't really feel like they're going to make a ton of noise. I think they're just a little too one-dimensional. Um, he's had an unbelievable career, and uh, no one can take that away from him. And, you know, I just hope that a guy like that gets a chance to play at the next level. Mike, you're the recruiting coordinator for the Derby Classic here in Louisville. The Derby Classic game's coming up soon. When looking to the Selection Sunday in March Madness in the NCAA tournament, what do the fans of the Derby Classic have to look forward to? What players are out there? who played in the Derby Classic, to keep an eye on? Well, I mean, obviously, Syracuse and Tyler Ennis is playing as good as any point guard right now in the country. Uh, then they, uh, North, Carolina, North Carolina State's T.J. Warren um, has really played well. I think he had 28 points when they, when they, beat, um, when they beat Syracuse. Um, we got, you know, most, and that's the thing about being in the specialty tournament. I mean, I've, when I'm looking at these teams, I've got kids on almost every team out there. And uh, it's, that's, the, that's the most fun about part about what I do is to get to watch these kids succeed at the next level and watch them go out there and, and play hard. Um, so I, it's we always have a lot of kids in the Final Four. I don't think this year is going to be any different. Mike, can you give us any updated breaking news regarding the Derby Classic? Um, well, we should be releasing our roster on Wednesday. Um, that's kind of where we're at. We, the Jordan roster came out, so now we're kind of filling in our holes and putting pieces things together. Um, we're making, a, even though there were some guys in that Jordan roster, we're still making a run at a couple of those kids to 
see if they'll come play in our game over the Jordan game. And um, and there is still the possibility that happening happening. So hopefully hopefully it does, and uh, we should know here in the next couple of days. And we'll we'll still put out a good roster no matter what. Friday, April eighteenth, twenty fourteen. As always at Freedom Hall in Louisville, Kentucky, a great classic, uh, the the oldest running All Star game in the country, the Kentucky Derby Festival Classic. So a lot to look forward to there, Mike. We know you're on Saturdays normally. You're in Atlanta. You weren't able to be on yesterday. Thank you very much for joining us today. We look forward to speaking with you soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, thanks, Mike. And also, don't forget about the uh, festivities before the big game. You got the dunking contest and uh, the think, night before, yeah, three, yeah. Point, three point shootout over there in uh, it's in Indiana, right? New Albany, Floyd. Uh, what's what's the high school? Floyd called? Central, yeah, Floyd Southern Central. Indiana. So yeah, I love I love this time of the year, man. This is my element derby season. All the festivities leading up to it, the, De- the Derby City Classic Festival. I mean, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I can't wait for April, March Madness, April, May. This is my favorite time of the year. It's like Christmas for me. I think you're speaking for many of our listeners, if not all of our listeners, when saying that. You know, you're listening to sports radio out there because you're a sports fan. And you live in our area. Proximity says that you live in the Kentuckiana region, and this is the number one college basketball market in the country. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. What are your predictions for Selection Sunday today? Do you think Kentucky has a chance at knocking off Florida at 3 o'clock? We want to hear what you have to say. Todd, Carlo, and I are going to take a break, and we'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside my man Carlo Kellum and Todd Neal. Coming at you, as always, on Sunday from 10 until noon. We got the NCAA Selection Sunday coming up today at 6 o'clock p.m. on CBS. We want to encourage our listeners, give us a call, 502-384-1450. Let us know what you think of your cards or your cats or any other topic within college basketball that you do want to discuss with us. Carlo and I are also NFL fans. We want to jump into some of the, the notable signings, as there have been many across the NFL. Carlo and I were talking about during the break, Julius Pepper signed a rather lucrative deal with the Green Bay Packers, the the future Hall of Famer, yeah. the defensive end, the pass rush specialist, is going to join forces with Aaron Rodgers and that offense in trying to bring the pass rush they need to win another Super Bowl. It's interesting that Chicago let them get away to a team that's in the same division as them and they have to see twice a year. So uh, you're right. It adds a different dynamic to this defense with, uh, who's it they have, A.J. Hawk? A.J. Hawk, uh, Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. So it's good. they may be a force, but then again, is Julius Peppers old? He, is he, he kind of old for $30 million? Yeah. I mean, $30 million. I thought that too, Carlo. Wow. And we don't know how much he has left in the tank. Not everyone can have – Great success into their later years, like say Michael Strahan did. Well, Carl Carey's a heck of an agent. That's the agent that got him this deal, by the way. Well, he did great work minutes. there because it doesn't look like Julius Peppers has that much left in the tank to me. Not after the way this defense performed this past season for Chicago. 
I mean, when I don't know if it was because of the departure of Lovey Smith, but this was the worst. I mean, the year before that, they had, I think, maybe the number one, number two defense in the NFL. And then yeah. last year, I mean, they just completely stunk it up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much that, how much that had to do with Julius Peppers or the new coach that came in that just wasn't defensive-oriented. But uh, very interesting to see what happens with uh, Julius Peppers when he joins the Green Bay Packers and, the, and those players, Clay Matthews, A.J. Hawk. Uh, and they have to go see Chicago twice. Other signings that I think are notable would be one Carolina Steve's man, Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers, is no longer with the team he's been with for 13 years. The cornerstone of that offense for the last 10 years. He leads their franchise in every statistical category imaginable on offense. The greatest other than receiver passing, in their history. Hands down Arguably. the greatest receiver in their, their history. Hands down. Who's another great receiver in their history? Steve Smith. <laughs> no, there's another one. Uh, not that I could think of. No, there, there was. No. Damn it. He was good. I'll, I'll find him. But there, it, Brandon J. Lawrence will call us with that because I know there was one. I'll, I'll think of it. But, yeah, he's going to the Baltimore Ravens. Good pickup for them. But, like, once again, it's a, a player that's on the tail end of his career. He did have a pretty good season this he's year. He's a tough old man. Yeah, he had, I he would had a good want him on my year, squad. I, I've seen this before, man. I remember back in the day when Carl Pickens used to tear it up for uh, the, Bengals. the Bengals. I mean, yep. he was bad. And then all of a sudden they let him go and he goes to the Titans and he just disappears. Yeah. We've seen this with top receivers where they go to, you know, they're great and then they get let go and they go somewhere else and just kind of disappear. They, you know, they're gone. You don't really hear too much about them. But uh, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. He has a guy with a big arm like uh, Jay Flacco. Uh, they need a receiver. So maybe he can come in and teach some of these younger guys some things and some techniques and make them better receivers. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out as well. Don't they still have – who do they have out there receiving the ball from from Flacco? Uh, they lost, uh, you know, they lost Bol- Anquan Bol- Bolden. Yeah, Bolton he's, left, he's uh, in uh, San Francisco. I gotta look it up, man. My, I'm in March Madness mode in my brain. <laughs> Other notable signings for the in, across the NFL would be, I think, very significant. Philadelphia Eagles, our own Trevor Bacon Kelsey's Philadelphia Eagles signed Darren Sproles. Great pickup for Chip Kelly. Yeah, I mean, style, play, stylistically, yeah. they fit right together. It's right into his type of office of schemes. McCoy and Sproles back there at the same time. You don't know what to expect. But I, I like it. Great pickup for the Eagles. And, they, uh, they've got Deshaun Jackson, that other speedy receiver. His name's slipping me right now. But, Riley Cooper? They re-signed Riley Cooper. <laughs> He, I don't think he's not a speed guy, but yeah. Uh, there, there's another speedy Jeremy guy. Mac- came in. No, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin. Macklin. Yeah, That's Jeremy what Mac- I was thinking. He was hurt of. most of the season. He was, but Deshaun was Jackson, blow. Jeremy Macklin, even Riley Cooper in the slot, he's relatively speedy for a slot receiver. I mean, they're an explosive offense, and the way they came on late last year with that Chip Kelly offense, I mean, it'll be very impressive from a fantasy perspective. You got to say they've got a lot of value. Oh, yeah. You're right about that from a fantasy perspective. Where does Foles rank in the NFL as far as a fantasy value perspective well, he had a, he going into next year? year. He, he really did. Well, the question is, where is Mike Vick going to end up? Would you want him on your team? Yeah. What team? I mean, let's you want him on the Giants? Okay, on the Giants? That's your I team? Mean, we don't need him. Okay, well, you wouldn't want him on your team. <laughs> I wouldn't want him on my team. I mean, if we needed a quarterback, Todd, I'd, who's I'd your team? Him. You're no longer a Bengals guy. Who's your team? I do not have a team as of now. I guess the Packers. We saw what Adrian Peterson tweeted, right? Do you want Michael Vick on the Packers? Uh, No. Did you see what Adrian Peterson tweeted? He would want him on the the Vikings. Yeah, if he was on the Vikings team, they would be a championship team. One of the the reasons I like the Packers is Randall Cobb. I mean, I've been a Cobb fan forever. And um, 
I'm also, believe it or not, I like Denver because of uh, Wesley Woodyard and uh, Danny Trevathan. Danny Trevathan. I'll, Jacob I'll, Tammy. Speaking of Denver, the biggest signing of them all, the Denver Broncos. DeMarcus Ware. Picking up DeMar- the injury-prone DeMarcus Ware. That's going to be interesting, man. That defense they have next year, Dumerville. I mean, not Dumerville, sorry. Uh, Von Miller. Von Miller. DeMarcus Ware. Champ Bailey is gone. Champ Bailey's gone. But he was washed up. That's, hey, that's uh If they can that's stay a, that's healthy. A that that's a key to Denver staying healthy. But then, he's uh, once again uh, he's can he stay healthy? They, they invest a lot in these older guys. They lost uh, uh, Decker. He uh, he ends up signing with the Jets. So it's been a lot of moves going on this last week in football, man. Well, a lot I, think of has been. A, I think a lot of them are positioning himself for the draft. Um, Kelly, you and I were talking about last night. Uh, Bridgewater may end up with the Vikings. What do you think of that, Carlo? Uh, I think it's a, a, a good fit for him with a guy like Adrian Peterson in the backfield. How many miles does Adrian Peterson have left with that upright running style that what? traditionally doesn't work that long? Right, he has about two or three more years left of being of the running like down that, the best, being a beast like hands that, down yeah. the best running I back. Three in the more years. I the, think the way Bridge, he's built, I think he he can take another three, four. I years. I think Bridgewater is a great fit. You got a new, brand new stadium and uh, you know a new outlook on stuff. It's going to take a couple years for him to go, but I think it's a great fit for uh, Minnesota. You know, if if he gets drafted, he plays right away. Really? For a team like the Vikings, oh, for the Vi- for a team like the Vikings, the, whoever the Browns draft, their quarterbacks playing right away. Whoever the Vikings, <laughs> Texans, they're playing. Right if away. they all draft quarterbacks, they are playing right away. They need an O line too. The Browns, anybody who plays, they, quarterback they let Brandon Whedon go, and they didn't sign, resign Jason Campbell. They're getting they're a quarterback. Kevlar. I mean, their quarterback be Verby wearing Kevlar. So one of these quarterbacks is going to be a Brown. It may be Man- uh, Manziel. It's all depending on what the Texans do with that number one pick. That's where these quarterbacks are going to fall. If they don't go quarterback, Manziel goes to the Browns. Uh, Bridgewater goes probably to the Vikings. And don't forget about the guy from UCF. Uh, what's his name? The big guy. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. He's kind of sneaking up. He's been impressive, uh, very impressive in the combats. He may sneak up there and get. he may be one of those surprise picks like uh, E.J. Emanuel. Uh, whatever his name is, yeah, and, he uh, went in and, and 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 tore it up in the in the combines. It was very impressive. I mean, he's hitting wide open guys, but that's why his draft status went up. Yeah, his you're right. Stock, so. Clemson to the Bills. Look out I mean, for Brodus. He he's got the arm strength. He's got the stuff that they like at the combine. Things like that. It'll be very interesting. I, I if I were the obviously everybody would want De- Teddy Bridgewater to come in and sit behind their quarterback. But if you're a team like the the Broncos or something like that, you got to try to trade up and get someone like Bridgewater to sit behind your quarterback for a year or two. Not in this day and age, man. It's a court, if you get drafted in the first round as a quarterback, you play right away. But look what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you don't get those type of situations too often. And you don't and too really, often. Aaron Rodgers went from Juco to, uh, what do you go, to Cal? Cal. And then he gets drafted. I mean, he really wasn't, you know, he, he really he wasn't sought out there as a college quarterback. You know, he kind of blew it up at Cal, but he really wasn't a – you know, a guy that all enough teams were, were gunning for to draft. Well, it was a surprise when he fell to 25th in the draft. Nah, I was, it was. I wasn't surprised. The analysts were. I'd like <laughs> to hear what Brandon J. Lawrence thinks of this offseason for the NFL. Is DeMarcus Ware going to the Denver Broncos that significant, or is he washed up? What I think the Broncos need is some physicality. That was really exploited. Carlo, I'll give you credit. You called the Seattle Seahawks. For winning the Super Bowl. They they were much more physical than the Denver Broncos, and it was clear and very evident that And I predicted the early blowout. You did, and you almost predicted the, the MVP. Mm-hmm. Percy Harvin. Yep. You almost did. He wasn't the MVP. Well, I he, said he'd have a return. 
I predicted that. And he did. My question, though, is, and I want to hear what Brandon Lawrence has to say, is, is DeMarcus Ware really the physical, imposing presence that this Broncos team needs to take the next step? Because I don't think he is. I think what they need is a big, fat, muscle-bound defensive tackle. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Albert, uh, Albert Hainsworth type of guy? Yeah, Haladi Nada <laughs> for the Ravens. I know those guys are, right. don't grow on trees. Yeah, well, but, I mean, DeMarcus I don't Ware, think they have the physicality he's a physical, that He's a physical specimen, no doubt. If he's healthy, he can be a force. That's the Who? question, uh, Ware. If but he he's healthy. He doesn't stop the run, though. I mean, when he played under uh, when he played with uh, Bob Ryan, when he was the defensive coordinator a year ago, he was a beast. Bob Ryan, yeah. He was a beast in that defense. Oh, Last he year, was great. I mean, obviously, Jerry Jones knows something we don't know. Or, or he would have kept DeMarcus Ware. You're giving Jerry Jones some credit there. Yeah, Jerry Jones is a genius. What do you mean? It's Jerry's world. Well, I'd be very but, interested to hear what Brandon J. Lawrence has to say about you proclaiming that Jerry Jones is a genius and we should trust but, everything that he does. Jerry's Jerry world. Jones, would, Cowboys would be a contender if it wasn't for Jerry Jones. That is my thoughts. Brandon J. Lawrence, call in and tell me whether <laughs> it's I'm Jerry's wrong world, man. It yeah. is his world. And he, We're he talking about it right now. World. This is what he lives for. He lives he to be lives discussed in on the his air on radio and radio shows. But yeah. the, yeah. Carlo, tell him, please report for your drug test. Please, <laughs> Carlo, tell him, drug test. Now, the, the, the other biggest sign in it there is, is Daryl Rivas going to New England Patriots. You're right. We didn't even get to that. They're depleted secondary, which, uh, you know, really caused them to not to go to the Super Bowl this year, I think. Picking up Daryl Reeves, I think I still think he has a little bit left in the tank, man. And you know what? Oh, he's not even very old. He's what twenty nine. Uh, what's his name? He doesn't. They don't sign players for that type of money if they know they can't play. You're right. If they can play. They they give him some money. They'll go out on a limb a little bit go with a guy limb. like Albert Hainsworth, but they won't give him any money unless they are confident that he can perform. You're right. They gave Daryl Reeves a one year contract, which is very interesting in itself. Daryl Reeves in his prime right now. His prime years as a defensive back, normally what guys do there is they try to get a three, four-year deal at least, sometimes a five or six in years past. He is okay with saying, no, I'm going to have a great season. I'm going to be in a contract year, my first year with the New England Patriots. What that says is he's got to show out, he's got to be there, or he's not going to get big money afterward. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I love it from Belichick's standpoint, right? You got I mean, if I'm a Patriots fan, I love that. They also signed Brandon Browner, another defensive back. They let Vince Wilfork go. Are the Patriots gonna make a run at the Super Bowl this year? I mean, you never they know. They do every regardless <laughs> regardless what they have. They always do. You're right. They're always they, they do. They're the most consistent team. We everybody's gotta admit. As much as I'm not a Brady fan, yeah, you know they they always seem to put it together. Man. Oh, yeah. what did y'all mention Julius Peppers going to the yeah we Packers? Had Packers yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry I missed that. No, we did, and I'll ask the question. All things being equal, who would you rather have on your team, Julius Peppers or Demarcus Ware? That's a good mm, question. Tough one. Very tough. Question. I have to go with the uh... Demarcus Ware is younger. Ah oh, man, I don't know. Isn't he? Yeah. Wow. I, I definitely at a Troy I, I, or at a North Carolina. Like this. Julius Peppers wouldn't get $30 million if I'm the GM. Yeah, that's a tough question. What's your answer, Kelly? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the guy who has the Hall of Fame induction in his future, and that's Julius Peppers. I think he's going to go down as a Michael Strahan, a Bruce Smith, a Reggie White. He's going to be on a short list when it's all said and done. I'll bring up the numbers. I, I want to see who, where he ranks as it stands on the NFL's all-time leading sacks list. 
Where do you guys think he ranks? Who, Peppers? Yeah. Top 10. No. Are you serious? Probably like 32 and something like that. 17. 17. All right, I was close. With 119. So he's not that far off. Where's DeMarcus Ware at? Uh, 50. I'm going down, down, down. 30-something. Maybe I missed him. I'll find it here. It doesn't sound like he's on the list. <laughs> I think DeMarcus Ware's got more upside because he is he is younger. I'm sorry. DeMarcus Ware is right behind Julius Peppers at number 18 oh, wow. with 117 sacks. I'll go with Ware just because uh, of the— He's uh, younger. Younger. That's, that's the only reason. So two of the best— Two of the top 20 pass rushers in the history of the sport. In the history, Kelly? Two of the top 20 in the history of the sport. They rank in the top 20 okay. in sacks. Okay. That, to me, says they're, yeah. I'd say it, mean, it means they're top 20. And they're not done yet. Who ranks ahead of them? Simeon Rice is there. I think you name all those guys on top of your head. I'm sure Sap. No, I don't see Sap up Sap's there. Not on he was a defensive tackle. He had one year where he had like 20 sacks. But overall, it's, yeah, Sap is number 35 with 96.5, which keep in mind for a defensive tackle. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's very good. John Randall is a defensive tackle. He's 137.5. Richard Dent, Jason Taylor, Michael Strahan. Where's Bruce Strahan? Smith on that list? Number one, I think. Let me see. Strahan. Bruce Smith is number one with 200 right. sacks. Right. Number two is Reggie White with 198. Kevin Green. Of the Steelers is number three with 160. Chris Dolman is number four with 150.5. And Michael Strahan is number five with 141.5. Very interesting there. But, yeah, some great offseason moves there in the NFL. It's it's getting me excited about it. But, you know, right now this March Madness is all you can really think about during during this time of the season. But good moves, exciting, exciting stuff, uh, new faces, new places, man. So if Kentucky, you you brought up college basketball, if Kentucky beats Florida today, and then let's say they get eliminated in the Sweet 16, what kind of a season will this be in your eyes? If they beat Florida today, the number one team in the country, that is very significant. I think we can all agree, Todd. Carlo, that'll be the biggest win of their season, right? Yeah. At the end of the year, you beat the number one team in the country. Are you then satisfied with the year? Todd, you said if we okay, if we win today and then lose in the Sweet Sixteen, would I be satisfied with my season? Is that the question? That is, uh, yeah. But we're gonna get past the Sweet Sixteen. Right? Really? Yeah. How far does Kentucky go this I, year? I see at least Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The way they're playing right now, if they, if they beat Florida tonight, definitely Elite Eight. Are they gonna beat Florida tonight? I need a yes or no Listen, answer, Kelly. Carlo. This is what I, I told you. It's very difficult to beat a team three times in one season. Okay? I need a yes or no answer. They've already beat Kentucky twice. Todd, I'll try with you. The is answer, Kentucky going to beat Florida tonight? No. That's fair. That's an answer, and I agree right. with you. Well, that's that's my answer. I, I look for Kentucky to go to Sweet 16, but for all uh, general and intensive purposes, it is a bust year for Kentucky. Because of the great expectations of this class. Preseason number one overall. Right. Unless, unless they win I mean, it's, all, it's a bust. I'm sorry. That's that's just my opinion. It's not a bust. I mean, Calipari's on the brink of doing something that's never been done before. Once again. What's that? Five freshmen. Taking them to the tournament. And try to take them all the way. 
So I mean, are they going all the way this year, Carlo? It's possible. The way that, if they keep playing like they're playing right now, yes. I need answers. I just said yes, Kelly. If they're playing like they're playing right now, they can. So you're but, saying that, that Kentucky's going to win the national championship? I didn't say that. I said if they're playing the way they're playing right now, they uh, have the capability of going there. They do. I agree with that. Anybody um, does. Because it'll be hard so to does defend. So does Creighton can they're, do. the big, they're, they're, they're one of the biggest teams in the tournament. Yeah, I think that by length they probably are. Other than that one guy, where does he play Arizona State? Did you see that guy? I've seen him play last uh, year, 7'6". Another wow. George Morrison. Yeah, he's 7'6", <laughs> and he's got a huge wingspan. His brother's on the team. He's Indian, Can not they, Native American. Are they able to run in, up the court? He's worked on his conditioning a lot, and he, he wasn't doing too bad. Yeah. Huh. He, he, I mean, no, he's not that good at running up and down the court. I guess uh, I'm more of a realist in life anyway, and I, I look at Kentucky for what they're. My question is, you got five freshmen. Are they the best players UK has? Are they? I'm not so sure. Um, you know, you got Collie Stein in there who's not a freshman, but then you got Poitras coming off the bench. But so you got four freshmen starting. Uh Brandon J. Lawrence, I want I want your opinion on this. You know, you are a, a guru when it comes to this. Are those four the best on the team? Uh in some cases, a couple people have called in to start their shows and said no. John Hood ought to be out there. Jared Polson. I'm with just Polson saying being out there. Polson being out there. So is is Cal playing the best players available? I don't know. I think I think guys he sells them on the idea. You come to Kentucky, you're going to get playing minutes. And he he his players, his recruiting is defined upon that. You're going to come here, you're going to play, you're going to be on TV. You're you're going to go in the NBA. What's wrong with that? And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing but, wrong with it. And it. What it does, I believe, is sells maybe some of your players who might have a little better um, opportunity or more skills uh, when they develop a little less playing time. I think that Kentucky is not going to win the national championship this year, which is fine. That will mean that 20% of the time that Coach Cal has been the head coach at the University of Kentucky – he wins a national championship. One in five years. That is a great ratio. If Cal can do that and over the next five years win another title, so every ten years he wins two, then he'll be one of the best coaches in the game. And if he sticks there for 20 years and wins four, uh, you know, I mean, if, if this ball can continue rolling like Cal is hoping and Kentucky fans are, are holding out for it okay. to happen, and it may happen. I'm not at all suggesting that it won't. Then then he'll go down as maybe the, one of the greatest coaches ever. But if if what Todd was alluding to is going to really become a problem that he has to play players because he told them they get playing time, that may present some issues. You know, Will it, Carlo? I mean, is that going to happen? Yeah. You're saying it is, Todd. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, like I say, what their promise is, what they uh, expect, just like the Twins. They weren't playing the greatest ball. They weren't playing the best ball. And you didn't give anybody else a chance to play. Well, so, you got to give it to Cal for sticking with them and allowing them to get make it work. And I agree. It's working. I agree with that. But at the same time, um, you know, you had a lot of Kentucky fans starting to, let's say, grumble about who he's playing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> You know, that's Kentucky, one thing. Cal doesn't care what the fans think or say. He's going to do what he's going to do for the best interest yeah, but of the team. Yeah, the, but they're calling for Cal to, oh, is it time for Cal to go? I've heard that this week. That is crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Well, it, you know, know, it's the elephant. Let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room, guys. Phil Jackson of the New York Knicks. Is he going to lure Calipari to the Knicks? 
this offseason. Does he want Calipari? Why not? You can make an argument. You heard Carmelo say that he would like to play for Calipari. You can make an argument that if anyone is a player's coach, like I would say Phil was, a player's coach. I agree, yeah. That Cal, who has famously or infamously allowed players to check themselves in and out of games when they want to, with it to do things that other coaches simply haven't done regarding his relationship with players and respecting them as individuals enough to let them almost to affect, really kind of coach themselves, that maybe he is a perfect mold for the Phil Jackson style. But if if he does do that, you know, he leaves Kentucky, you know, uh, you know, of course he's going to get bashed. But how much criticism he's gonna, is he going to get for following Patino's footsteps, I guess? Who cares? Going to coach the Knicks. What do you Tino think about Patino coaching the Knicks? I think it's a better fit. But, you know, Patino's up in years. But uh, I don't know how his ego and Phil's ego would uh, would work too well. Patino there. took a team, a Knicks team to the playoffs back in the day. Mark sorry Jackson's tried with, it. You're yeah. Right. I, I don't see Rick doing that. And what about I again? don't either. Well, no, I don't see Rick. Will not, Rick this will not stop. leave U of L until Richard is ready to take the helm. And then that Rick, is my prediction. I'm in trouble for you guys if that's the case because he is a terrible coach. Richard? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. In Minnesota, Tubby Smith should not have been fired from that position. They beat the number one Indiana. I'm not even going to argue with that. You know, did they replace him with Richard? Patino? He's not bringing. Come it, on. Minnesota's not going to make the tournament at 6 o'clock today. So I'm no. not even. I like Richard Patino. I'm a Richard Patino fan. He has not done anything close to proving to me that he is capable to be the next coach at Louisville yet. I mean, next year he could go on a run and make the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or Final Four, and maybe I'll change my tune. But thus far, he's not even a candidate. He's not a blip on the radar in my eyes. I agree. I think if anybody left, say Patino left, I think the best candidates would be A, Mick Cronin. Wow. Or B, the guy of Arizona. Um, Sean Miller. Sean Miller. Uh, that's my – I think those are two of the best prospects for a a big-time marquee program. Agree? Disagree? Thoughts? Mick Cronin's a great coach. There's no question about Arizona it. Arizona already is a marquee program, let's face it. But there's bigger there's bigger game out there than Arizona. I mean, even Lou Dawson thought about coming to UK. So, you know. Just, just food for your thought. Mick Cronin's a great coach. He's five foot seven. He doesn't have the mannerisms or the image. Just being honest, I'm just just addressing my concern. I think you need to have somewhat of a, a cool or a certain persona about you. And I don't know that Mick Cronin has that. I think the Italian slick suit wearing. I'm just being honest. I think that that helps recruiting and it helps the image of young kids looking at you. Mick Cronin to me. Is kind of a weird little dude. He is, but he's a great coach. You can't, you can't beat his coaching. I'll you can't beat his coaching. Saying. We're going to head to a break here, talking Selection Sunday. Carlo, Todd, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to Weekend Sports Buzz. Kelly, Patrick, Carlo, Kellum. 
Selection Sunday is going down here very shortly, six hours, a little, a little over six hours away for Selection Sunday. Where is your team going to fall in the bracket? Is Louisville going to get the, the four seed that's being reported on the uh, bracketology by uh, Labrardi? Lenardi. Lenardi, I'm yeah. sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> it, uh, great question. If so, that's okay if they're in Wichita State's bracket. Kentucky, we're just happy to be in, right? You know, we were in NIT last year. We're back in the big dance. Win, lose, or draw tonight. That's not going to be a draw, of course. But win or lose tonight, we're going to be in the tournament regardless. I'm excited, man. My team's in it. EKU's in it, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, they're most likely a 15 seed. They may uh, right now project it uh, to take on, I think, uh, Duke in the first Duke, round yeah, in, the first in Indianapolis. Round. So it, it, can, my, can EKU knock off the Dukies, the Pukies? That would be a big upset, right? Yeah, it's Dan, not going to happen. Dan Patrick's very own EK, Eastern Kentucky uh, team, the Colonels. You're right. Hey, they may be able to do something. We never know. Hey, Moorhead did it a few years back against Louisville. You know, right. the Oxmore Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. Our, our, our sponsor for the weekend sports bus shows is Brandon J. Lawrence. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man Brandon Lawrence on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, this Selection Sunday? Hey, what's up, fellas? What's going on, man? I've been enjoying listening to y'all this morning. What's happening? Everything's cool, man. Appreciate it, Brandon. Man, I gave you some props earlier today with uh, your boy Jerry Jones. Man, what is the deal with him letting go of his t- his the, the cornerstone of his defense to Marcus Ware? Well, you got to let him go, man. He, he only had six sacks last year. Um, he, he only played six games. The, <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot of time in the cold tub, man. So you know, <laughs> you got to get him out of there, man. He spent more time in the cold tub than Miles Austin, baby. <laughs> you got to let him go. <laughs> Too much cap, and plus we let eighteen million in cap space. So you know we got to. He just gave uh, Romo the farm last year, so somebody's got to go. He was on the chopping block. Him and Hatcher had to go, man. So are you behind the move by Jerry Jones to let Demarcus Ware go? Is he a depreciating asset? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, only if we get somebody else good. You know, I mean, hopefully they're looking to move up in the draft. So. Um, that, hopefully that's the plan. And you got to get younger. You might as well get younger now. Uh, Ware's in his 30s, so you know how that, you know, is. You know, I mean, he wasn't, the only, he, you see all these guys in their 30s getting let go. Smith, like we talked about earlier. Pepper, Smith, those guys, you know, they, they, they're not want what they once were. So you got to let them go. You know, the Cowboys had a horrible defense last year led by Monty Kiffin. And they let, as you mentioned, Jason Hatcher. <laughs> And DeMarcus, where go? I mean, where is this defense headed for the, the Cowboys? Are they going to be better next year after letting two of the very prolific names go? Well, we picked up a special teams guy, uh, linebacker, inside linebacker that played under uh, Rex Ryan's system from the Saints. Uh, so he's, he's he should be okay. I think it's Wells or something like that. He should be okay. Um, they, we're going to be better because they're going to make some pickups. The defense, the secondary was young. The um the line was old, so that's speaking kept the secondary. Speaking of the um, secondary being young, why why did they make a play for Daryl Revis? I mean, who wants him, man? He's like he, he he's not a team guy. He's not a, he's he's the best corner, no question about it. But I don't think he fits in with the scheme um the Dallas runs. I don't because you know, you got the new you got Marinelli who's the uh the new defensive coordinator, so 
you never know if he fits in the scheme because it seems like everywhere Revis goes, he wants you know he wants everything catered to him, which is whatever. That's cool. But he he hadn't stayed anywhere. You know, he was just in Tampa one year, and it looks like with New England, you know, they'll keep him for a year. But I mean, he's he's uh he's running out of teams, man. You know, you can't cater the scheme around one guy. It's uh because especially here's here's what the deal is in the NFL, especially with what Seattle has done with uh not paying these guys that much money, everybody's trying to duplicate that. So that's what people are trying to do. They're trying to get these low draft picks and get these uh free agents on the low and then you know, turn it into a Super Bowl champion. You're right. Cutting the salary back and getting a value yeah. on a guy, for example, like Richard Sherman who was arguably the best corner in the league last year, and I think oh, he yeah. made made the league minimum. <laughs> Everybody on Seattle is making the league minimum. And you see what happened with Brandon Browner. Browner's playing with, uh, I think he's with New England now. I think yep. New England picked him up. Yes, they did. And, he, you know, these guys are, you know, they're not, you know, people talk about this winning and blah, blah, blah. And I heard you talking about uh, Steve Nash earlier. He's playing for the money. You know, when you get to be 30-something years old in your career and you see how these teams will chop you with no problem, you you try to make that money as soon as you can. Forget the Super Bowl rings. You're going to have to pawn those if you don't make the money. <laughs> You're right, Brandon. And you know? I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think anybody here in studio really has a problem with with Steve Nash feeling that way. Brandon, my right. question for you is, do you have – do you question – as an attorney, I'll ask, would you advise your client – to give a response like that in an interview? I mean, with, with Steve Nash, it really doesn't matter. He's not going to be around too much long anyway, and he's from Canada. So, you know, those Canadian guys, they're greedy anyway, man. So, <laughs> Everybody um, knows that. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, he's, a gre- he's greedy. <laughs> Jim um, Carrey. You know, everybody. Did Tawana tell you that? That's Okay, yeah, he's greedy, man. He's you talk about. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Carlo was talking about Coach K getting lucky. Now you talk about a guy getting lucky. Jim Carrey is the most highly paid face contorter in the world. He's, he's not funny, man. You didn't like he was him on, funny in, on Living Color. You didn't like um, him as Fire Marshal Bill on In Living Color. Man, he was the least funny on uh, Living Color, man. That lady. The lady was more funny than Jim Carrey. Oh. I agree. He's one of the most overrated actors ever. And how did he ever land somebody like Jenny McCarty? I mean, my God, uh, man, she's, well, she's with the she's with one of the Wildbergs now. She's but she with was the, with him. Yeah, she's what, with what? The, the new kids on the block now. What as Kelly would say? What the <laughs> hell? I mean, dude, it's terrible. Yeah, man. Well, hey, so, hey, man, use what you got, man. Brandon, use so what you got. It's, so, Brandon, what are your predictions about today? It's, it's, it's Selection Sunday, Bracketology. Is Kentucky going to beat Florida? Yes or no? Hey, like you said, it's hard to beat somebody three times, man. It's, it's, you hey, know, hold on. Kelly, uh, don't you, say it. Kelly's going to break up this crap about Louisville beating the UConn three times. What I was going to say a big is, difference. is from both Carlo and Brandon, I would simply like an answer. That's all I'm asking for. Do you, is Kentucky going to beat Florida today? Yeah, they'll be they'll be Florida. Okay, they'll be Florida. But I, you, you know what? I I think the better game is going to be Michigan. Michigan State up in that. That's going to be a good game. Uh that the the Big Ten championship. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. But um, yeah, I think I think Florida will get beat. 
I think that uh, and they, Carla, why you let them set you up all the time, man? I think uh, I think I think U of L, man, you can't deny U of L is the hottest team in basketball. Uh, they probably deserve number one seed. Are you serious? I don't know, you know, I think I think so, man. They're hot, man. They're hot. They're hot against playing against nobody, Brandon. They're, they're hot, though. Yeah, here are the three. Here are the three quality wins, Brandon: SMU, Cincinnati, and Memphis. <laughs> Non-conference games: I mean, Kentucky, but, North Carolina, but, both losses. They're no, hot no, against no, bad teams. Saying. Wichita State's hot. <laughs> yeah, Wichita State. They're gonna get a number one seed, you know. But I mean, you, you, uh, I mean, number, I number think three seed, man. Two or three. Number three. Right, okay, yeah, two. Okay, two or three. Yeah, yeah, I give you that. Not I a four. No, nah, they don't deserve a four. They don't. They, they deserve higher than a four. No question about it. Hey, but the, uh, uh, Kelly, to your point, the guy you were talking about was Musin Muhammad. Musin Muhammad. That is who I was thinking of. Musin Muhammad. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Musin Muhammad. And, and your boy Carolina Steve was right. Buck Williams did come from. Uh, where did he come from? Uh, somewhere, somewhere in Carolina. Somewhere in Carolina. Yeah, and then but uh, Chris Wilcox came from White. I thought he was talking about Whiteville last week because. Uh, Wilcox came from Whiteville, North Carolina. He won a championship with uh, Maryland too. But yeah, but Buck Williams was definitely, uh, you know, probably the most famous guy from to play for the Terps from Carolina. Buck Williams is, you know, he's 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 dope. Buck Williams is dope. Well, and then, and then who was talking? Who was talking about uh, Van Treese's or Dennis Rodman? Who was oh that? Hey, t- tell me about it, Kel. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that was that was Brian. Yeah. What do you think Brian, of Van Treese, Brandon? Brian, Inside. I think I Brian Inside had visited a shaman before he came on the show. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, hey man, he's good man, but he's not better than John Harrelson. Good John, point. He's not. He's not, know, he's not John, better than Josh Harrelson. Harrelson. You're right. Yeah, he's not better than Josh Harrelson. Yeah. Harrelson you know, definitely had better offense, on. and Harrelson played in the. Yeah, there's no question. You're right. No question. Louisville yeah. is, you know, is their front court their problem, and over the course of the season, it. It has been. They've been hot lately, and Van Trees has been getting double-digit rebounds most games. He's got We're, one double-digit rebound he just had against Houston. Three in a row, Carlo. Uh, against Houston. Are you even looking well, against, at the numbers? Houston, who? Houston. He had three in a row, and then he had nine last night. Right. Three in a row. Hey, but, hey, but, hey, you guys agree though that it's going to come down. NCAA always comes down to guard play, decision making, and U uh, of L. Ah, uh, what's that kid's name? The one they were the Memphis was talking every time they, he got up to free throw. He was talking about uh, Chris how Jones. He was. Chris Jones. <laughs> Brandon, we're up I don't against. Know, the, but he, he's, he's suspect. Brandon, we're up against the end of the show. We appreciate you allowing us to be on the air each week. Thank you very much, Brandon. Have a great rest of your weekend. Good luck to your cats. Hey, y'all too, man. Thanks, man. Later. Thanks. Carlo, Todd, and I will be back next Sunday from ten until noon with more of the weekend sports. End is near, so I face the final curtain, my friend. I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full, I traveled east. And every byway, oh and more.